Welcome to SelfDiscoveryRadio.com, where the orchard of wisdom is just ready for picking. We celebrate your why, the journey that you've taken that inspires someone else. We support your services. We support your story. Come and be our guest. Become a host. Be an author with us. Come see what we've got. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of For the Love of Music. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Darcy Murdoch, a.k.a. Bobby Bacchus. Why does he have an a.k.a.? We'll find that out in a moment. Uh, Darcy is actually an extraordinary human being who loves music, loves singing, sings beautifully, the old crooner songs, the Sinatra, the Bobby Darren, Nat King Cole, Dean Martin, all those beautiful greats that still have stood the test of time. And we're going to talk about his music on the show today, but we're also going to talk about how it really was like the plug was pulled on him where he couldn't sing anymore because his lungs didn't have the capacity. And what happened that led him to having a double lung transplant. Now, of course, he's singing and crooning everywhere, singing better than he ever did before. But that gift was nearly taken away from him. And then he was given the gift of life again. What beautiful, beautiful gifts to be given. And uh, he's the lucky one. So let's dive right in with Darcy Bobby and uh, find out about his music, but also the challenge, the challenge of not being able to sing anymore and then given that gift of life again and then singing better than he ever did. Welcome to the show, Darcy. Thank you very much, Sarah. It's great to be here. So a double lung transplant, that's a, that's a big whammy. It's not just a one, it's a double. What led up to you actually needing that? Yes, it's uh, not exactly getting your appendix taken out, that's for sure. <laughs> right. But uh, back in 2011, June 1st, 2011, I was diagnosed with what's called uh, idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. Now, this is a disease that affects the little air sacs in your lungs called alveoli. What happens is they just, out of nowhere, they just shrivel up and, and die off. And they can't be rejuvenated or repaired. And there's actually no cure for IPF, or idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis. Mm, that's, so, pretty heavy. that's pretty heavy there that there's no cure, no nothing other than a lung transplant. What led up to you getting this? Is it something that's hereditary? Did you smoke? You know, what caused this? They're not sure if it's hereditary. My father did die from the same disease, but uh, what he passed away from was called farmer's lung. Mm -hmm. He was a farm, farmer in Saskatchewan, and he uh, was affected by grain dust and moldy hay spores. Wow. And there was a history of TB in his side of the family, so they can't really pinpoint it from a hereditary point of view. Mm -hmm. But with me, uh, I, was an ex, I am an ex-smoker a long time ago, but they tell me that uh, IPF is not caused by smoking although uh, smoking is a risk factor as well. Right. But with me, I was 54 years old, and it came right out of the blue. One morning, I took my laundry down to the laundry room, and I came back to my apartment door, and I just bent over. I could not breathe. I was so out of breath. So I immediately went to my doctor, and she looked at it and thought, well, maybe it's a chest, uh, a chest infection, so we'll have an X-ray. And they determined at that time that it was uh, pulmonary fibrosis. That's what we kind of call really a cosmic two by four. You know, it's um, the shock of it. You didn't have a lead up to it or anything. You know, most people, when they're getting into an illness, they, they're sick for a while before it's diagnosed. For you, just a whammy right out of it. 
Yes. Uh, up to that point, I had a, a series of coughing fits, mm-hmm. but I thought that was from the after effects of smoking. Mm-hmm. So I kind of ignored it. And then when, the one day when I had that uh, uh, breathing, serious breathing problem, I thought, okay, this is uh, something that needs to be investigated. So I immediately went to see my doctor. Now, of course, being told that and that there's no cure, you know, it's, um, that really had to hit you hard because all of a sudden you look at life totally differently because you're not sure how much longer you have. Um, did they give you hope that you'd be able to have a lung transplant or, you know, were the things against you at that time? No, actually, when I met with the, my respiratory specialist, she said, uh, you're going to have to have a double lung transplant. Mm. So that just, uh, you know, that was like a whammo right in the yeah. face. Because uh, I was single at the time, and I thought, oh, I'm just going to die here alone in my apartment. You, mm. you, you automatically think the worst. Yep, of course. Um, and it was kind of funny because I said to her at the time, well, boy, if I'm going to need a uh, lung transplant, do you think I could have it done in a couple of months because I'm going to be really busy? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand the whole concept. And she, yeah, you're just, you know, delivery from Amazon, <laughs> slip the new lungs in and off I go, right? We're not there yet. <laughs> That's right. Uh, actually, uh, your reaction is the same that my respiratory specialist had. And she said, well, I wish we could do it that fast, but you're not sick enough. Oh, really? So, yeah, apparently. Oh, wow. Yeah, so uh, June 1st is when I was diagnosed, 2011. And so I waited three and a half years until wow. uh, January 30, 2015 to get my transplant. So what happens is you go along and, th- and then you drop down with your health and you drop and you drop and you drop. And, and next thing you know, I was, on a, I was on the transplant list for 11 months. Mm-hmm. And, they, and they found the perfect pair of uh, lungs for me in uh, January 2015. Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, when you get hit with something like that and then told you're not sick enough to you, you are, you know, gasping for breath is not a fun thing. I do know that. Um, And then obviously, because you're a singer, you know, there is your your livelihood, there is your lifestyle going with it, because of course, where is that lung power to sing? Um, So everything about your life changed at that time. It did. It did. Uh, Big time it did, because uh, that's how I make my living. And I was still able to sing, but I just couldn't hold on to the long notes. Mm-hmm. And I was on oxygen at the time. For two and a half years, I was on oxygens. And I, I wouldn't take my oxygen and put my nose plug on when I'm singing. Right. But I would ha- yeah. So I, I would have it in my car outside. And after I was done my show, I'd have to go out and be on oxygen and, of course, have a, a, a terrible coughing fit. I used to get eight to ten uh, coughing fits a day for about 15 minutes. Just mm coughing, coughing, coughing. As a matter of fact, I coughed so much over three and a half years, I gave myself a double hernia. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. I'm an asthmatic. You've interviewed me for the Lung Association, and I know what it's like. You know, in my day and age, kids were literally dying from it. Yes. Um, and, you know, fortunately, we have things like Ventolin and things like that that has prolonged it for me. But it's um, people don't understand when you get into that coughing fit. You, you are literally gasping for air. But yes. the more you're trying to gasp for it, more everything is constricting and tightening up. Exactly. It's you need that force of oxygen or the force of something in there that relaxes those uh, muscles in your lungs or tubes, whatever it is. So the oxygen get down there because you are being deprived oxygen. That's right. That's right. So it's, it's very scary. Plus it's annoying as well because I'd had breakout in these coughing fits and I'd be around people. So I'd, I'd have to leave the room or go somewhere. Yeah. And it's annoying to me as well. So 
Yes, uh, yes. I remember once having a cough of it where I'm on the phone and everything about you contracts and I couldn't let go of the phone. I couldn't put it down because I'm in such yeah. a coughing fit. So this person is just hearing me on the <laughs> other side wondering if she should call yeah. 911. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gasping for breath here. <laughs> um, yeah. And of course, everything triggers you at that, that time, isn't it? Because pollen or, or dander or, you know, everything is just, and you never know where it, you know where it's going to come yeah. from, and there you are in a fit. That's right. Game. That's right. Even uh, looking out of uh, looking at a, a flight of stairs would make me break into a coughing fit. Mm -hmm. The fear of having to go upstairs yes. uh, was just very daunting. Yes, and uh, um, I think it's you know we we have to kind of have these challenges in life to actually really appreciate life. But you know, and when you're going through that. There had to be some dark moments where it was just, as you said, I'm going to die alone in, in yeah. my apartment. And, you know, is the struggle worth it? You know, is yeah. uh, if my singing's taken away from me, what have I got? You had yeah. to have gone through all of those spirals. I did. I ran the whole gamut of emotions. Uh, I went through uh, fear, anger, why me? Mm -hmm. you know, what, what did I do to deserve this? So I tell people that I had my little pity party for about six months where I felt really sorry for myself and you know what's going to happen to me it's fear of the unknown mm -hmm. and then I realized that I was only 54 years old and I had so much to live for and I felt I had so much to give to the world and to life that I switched my thinking around yeah and I I got out of this uh, poor me situation and I started uh, a very serious exercise regime mm -hmm. I have a little gym in my home so Prior to my transplant, I exercised vigorously 400 times over a two-year course. Mm -hmm. So by the time that I got into my transplant, I was strong uh, physically, emotionally, uh, financially. I saved up a bunch of money as well. And when the time came for me to have a transplant, uh, I got it. I wasn't even in uh, intensive care for 40 hours, which is Normal. amazing. Yeah, and then and then I went to the other part of the ho uh, the hospital and was only in for two weeks, and then they kind of punch you out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. being single at the time, uh, if you don't have a a support person to be with you twenty four seven for three months, you're not able to have a transplant. Oh, really? Yeah. So I didn't have anybody here in Vancouver because all my family is in uh, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. So my sister came out. That's for, nice. Yeah. And for three months to take care of me, she only stayed about six weeks because I was so strong and mm -hmm. she didn't really have to be here. So I was able to have uh, quite a uh, quite a nice healing uh, part of it after. Well, A, you put your mindset to it, but B, yes. getting physically strong as best as you can so that A, you can get through the operation and the healing process a lot quicker. But there are an awful lot of people that just the, the lung capacity is gone, that it's so hard for them to do anything physical. Yes. And we know that, you know, if you're struggling just to do anything, get off the chair, walk across the room, oh, yeah. um, you know, you kind of wonder the survival rate of, of people like that. You, do you know any statistics on that of people who have had operations and or not been able to have it because they're not strong enough? Well, I don't have any statistics, but I can go by people that I've met and heard mm -hmm. of in, in the lung community here in, in Vancouver anyway. Uh, it depends on your age, mm -hmm. your, your body size, your blood type, uh, what kind of physical condition you're in. Uh, so if you, if you go into a transplant where you're soft and not strong and haven't worked out, you're going to have a hard time recovering afterwards. Mm -hmm. And I have actually met some people through the lung community here that have uh, passed away because they can't withstand 
the pressure uh, of having a double lung transplant because you're, you know, they, they open you right up and they take yeah. your heart out and they put your lungs in, put your heart back in. Right. And then afterwards, it is very difficult. I even had a hard time being strong and young as I was. Yeah. Yeah. So it, although it's the only answer for some people, it's really not for everyone because can they stand the process of it? Um, how yeah. long is the actual operation? Mine was eight hours. Wow. And, and that's about the standard time. Mm -hmm. uh, if someone is having some difficulties, it could extend to 10 or 12. And they used to do single lung transplants, but they don't anymore. Mm -hmm. And those would take four to six hours. So it, and it they be, don't because it, the other one would just contaminate the new one? Or is it that, just while you're at it, just to do both? Well, actually, that's both of those is true because the other one is just there all the time. And mm -hmm. it can cause problems as time goes on. Right. So right. they just stick the doubles now. And mm -hmm. the, the, uh, the amount of transplants that they're doing every year here at Vancouver General Hospital is growing every year. They're breaking a record every year really? on transplants. Is that Part serving just the Vancouver community? Is that people from all over the country? That's just British, Col uh, British Columbia only. Mm. Yeah. So, is there, is there a, a reason for that? Do we have a bad air quality here? Uh, yeah, there is a bad air quality here. Plus, it uh, could be from, well, you know, they told me that there's diff 200 different reasons how you can be affected by this. That's why they call it idiopathic because they don't know. Right. It could, it could be from pollution. It could be from stress. It could be from medication. It could be from uh, working in the garden with dirt in your hands and breathing in uh, particles with nasty contaminants in it. Mm. It's really hard to say. So that's, uh, sometimes they can figure out how you do get your pulmonary fibrosis, and they call that interstitial. That's for people that work with sandblasting. Right, or, yes. Uh, asbestos or any chemicals or things of that nature where they can actually pinpoint it. But the majority of people that I've met is, have been idiopathic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm. And of course, you know, there are so many particles in the air that we don't know about. And, you know, you mentioned uh, moles. Um, you know, I know I interviewed a gentleman many, many years ago who had this and, and hid it, come, literally come from childhood where he grew up. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of mold pollen around there oh, yes. and, and it manifested when he was older. And yep. I think he was in his 60s at the time. Um, but he actually found a German researcher who uh, took his blood, took a whole load of testing from him and uh, did something to help him. Not 100% cure him, but given mm -hmm. him extension of life and help yep. him through it. He did obviously need a lung transplant, but I think a lot to do with his age or something. They, yeah. they wouldn't do it. Yeah. But um, it's, uh, you just don't know, do you? We really nope. have to be very mindful of where we're living and what is around us. And uh, people don't actually understand even the mold in your house. Yeah. You know, of right. how it sneaks up on you and how bad it is because it's the silent killer. It's the silent killer, exactly. Mm -hmm. and, and look at all the forest fire problems we have in yes. Britain, you know. We're, particulate in the air and of course that affects people with COPD and asthma and mm -hmm. like last year when they had that really bad fire situation here I stayed indoors with the uh, mostly with the windows closed so I don't want to be breathing in anything like that yeah yes I was um, um, in Vancouver in Port Coquitlam at the time and uh, I, I am the asthmatic and so yes yes just uh, it's uh, what why go out there and, and just test yourself you know that's, that's Stay right indoors uh, um, Indeed. and um, 
I think, you know, I think we always take our, our body parts for granted until something goes wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And then we it's, do. uh, we don't, you know, is it, is it abuse or is it something hereditary or, um, and even though, you know, you're obviously a fairly healthy person, um, mm-hmm. you know, even before this, this still hits you. So again, yeah. it's one of those things that you just don't know. Um, right. And it could have just been laying dormant. Uh, yes. in your body ready to come out which is you know a lot to do a lot of people carry the cancer cells or other cells and they may never get it in their entire lifetime yeah. and they have a time period where their whole body becomes very weak for because of some reason and that's mm. when it can spark up yeah. so it's um it's hard to prevent it isn't it because you Great. really don't know what it is and where it's coming from that's right like i said mine just came right out of the blue yeah I was working i was a little bit heavy i had to lose about 40 pounds because I was in the restaurant business for so many years and yes. all I did was eat, 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 eat. <laughs> so I had a little problem with my weight and it said, okay, you're going to have to lose some weight. So I lost close to 40 pounds. Really yeah. My mind to getting myself strong. So um, not only has it given you a gift of life and being able to live, but it also changed your lifestyle, the losing of the weight, the working out, placing more importance upon your health and, and uh, body. And of course, obviously, appreciation and a gratitude. Yeah. Um, you know, the, we all have a little something that taps us on the shoulders as we go through life as to a reminder to be present in our body. Yeah. And um, so this was a definite uh, present for you on many levels. <laughs> I feel like I've been reborn. Mm-hmm. So I have so much respect now. I've uh, changed my diet. I, 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 I use the 80-20 rule. I yes. eat 80% uh, good yeah. most of the time. and 20% I give myself little treats. But I work out constantly five mm-hmm. to six times a week and try to maintain my, my weight. Mm-hmm. And just having a good attitude Yes, is, is very, yes. very important. You know, you don't sit around and uh, uh, isolate yourself or the, do the poor me thing because that, that gets you nowhere. It, only, it makes your condition worse. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, kind of obviously something like this is going to lead to depression. Yes. And when we're in depression, we isolate the worst thing you can do. Yes. So it's, you know, this is where you need support and people around you who recognize that, that can kind of pull you out of it or pull you out of something because it's so easy to go down that spiral, that rabbit mm-hmm. hole, because yeah. you just, everything about it and around you is just feels not worth it. Yeah. And I've been down that rabbit hole mm-hmm. and uh, living as a bachelor, it's easy to isolate yourself. Yes. And uh, you know, I've, put on a, a friendly face to those on the phone or those that I'd meet. Yeah, I'm fine. It's all happened. Yes. It's very strange how the human psyche works when it comes to depression. You, know, you should be able to reach out, or you, but you don't. No, we don't. We know we, when we're in sound mind, we know exactly what we should be doing. Yes. Um, but when we get in there, and the thing is, is to recognize it when you're on your way there. When you yeah. start feeling those feelings tap you on the shoulder, what is it you need to do to make sure that you yeah. don't go down that rabbit hole and, and be proactive? Yes, and um, reach out. Yes. Reach out. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And find what it is that you know, resets you. For me, it's music, listening to music. Yes. You know, that vibration of the music, the frequency of the music re- you know, takes me out of head and is so soothing and healing to the body yeah. and the psyche. Yes, um, yes. That, you know, you can come back and, and look at things in a different state of being. Yeah, music is a great healer. Yes, it is. A wonderful healer. So yeah. getting to your music, mm-hmm. um, A, why do you go by a different name? 
Okay, it's a bit of a story because I used to have uh, a company that was called Alter Ego Entertainment. And in my stable of characters, I had Bobby Bacchus, mm -hmm. Santa Claus at Christmas time, <laughs> Whistles the Clown for a, ch a children's entertainer, mm -hmm. and an Elvis character as well. Mm -hmm. So I had all these uh, characters in my repertoire and under the name Alter Ego Entertainment. Mm -hmm. And then I changed the name of my company to Murdoch Productions. Right. And I just kept the name Bobby Backus because I'd been doing him for so long that I just thought it'd be nice to have a stage name. Plus, I don't want to get mobbed when I go down the street as Darcy. So. <laughs> <laughs> they can mob Bobby, but not Darcy. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, and I, I think it's a catchy name as well. You know, I think Bobby's a cool name. And Backus, of course, in Roman and Greek mythology was the god of wine entertainment right so, okay and, okay and also kind of with the kind of music that you sing the kind of crooner music it, it really does sound more in tune with that with that style it does it does so yeah so Bobby Backus lives and I've got a quite a uh, quite a nice little following mm -hmm. and I like the name <laughs> and, and I love the music. Um, you gave us a CD. We've been listening to it. And you've got you. such a smooth voice. And, you know, um, the old Rat Pack, you yes. know, and the Sinatras yeah. and the Deans and everything of that yeah. time, it's uh, transcending music. I mean, you can take it today. You can alter it if you want. It doesn't matter. It's still, you know, what it has to say, the, the music itself, because yeah. it was almost kind of what you call stretched out music, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. you know, where the notes were held out, where yeah. there was so much kind of meaning put into the music. Yes. It wasn't choppy and da 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 da. You know, right. It just kind of yeah. got into you, which yeah, was so, nice. And that's what I loved about it. Yeah, and the lyrics as well. You know, yeah. was, uh, mostly every song was about true love and mm -hmm. written and. Uh, yeah, less about yeah. heartbreak and um, more about heart love. Yeah. Yes. That's right. And um, uh, even if it's just of a place, New York, New York, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. I sang that song last night. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so this, this is obviously your genre. This is what you love to do yes. um, in, in, in singing in this kind of music. And I can imagine that it really goes over with a certain generation. But do you find that the younger people are going for it now? I do. And you know who was a big boost for that was Michael Bublé. Yes, yes. So I really admire that young fellow, and he's a heck of a singer. But when I perform at uh, various shows, I find even uh, young people are, are perking up and listening. Yeah. Because, because I want this music to survive. Yes. I don't want it to, to go away or get swept under the carpet because I feel it's so important to have music like this in everyone's lives. Because, you know, these were the top hits back in the day. These were like yeah. the, the, the big wigs back right. in the day. And, uh, yeah. And we're talking 60, 70 years ago. Yes. Right. right. Our, our parents' generation. Yes. That, that grew up with this. And then, yeah. of course, because they grew up with it, we grew up with it. That's, that's the right. They played. It was handed and down so, by the generation. So the only way you can do it is keep singing it and keep handing it down. Because then if people get exposed to it, okay, as they say, they may take, a young singer may take that song and modify it to their own version. But it's so wonderful to see these songs yes. still carrying on. Um, and uh, new versions of it coming out, but just mm -hmm. understanding the message. But also, as I said, it's like saxophone music. Mm -hmm. You know, it just it just so kind of penetrates your every you know every core of you, and it yeah. it gets in there and elongates you. And I find this kind of singing does the same. You get into a beat, you get into a rhythm, but it feels like you're stretching out, mm -hmm. which is I so agree. neat. I agree. When I perform at the Sylvia Hotel down in uh, Vancouver. Uh, it's it's a over a hundred years old the hotel, 
And mm-hmm. so it's very and busy. Right on there. the beach, folks, go down and see it. It's really yes. neat. It's very it's, unique. It's the perfect place for a crooner to croon. Yes. But, <laughs> but it, it's a real mixed crowd there mm-hmm. because it, people stay at the hotel and there's in and out traffic. But there's a real great mix of people, right, from, you know, our parents' age to younger and even 20s and 30s mm-hmm. that sit down and watch me sing and you can see their foot tapping or yes. they, they might get up and have a dance, but they, they really like it. They're very respectful of it. And I'm right. happy, happy for that. And, and we do see today, you know, on, on shows like, a, a, you know, America's Got Talent or The Voice or American Idol, that some of these shows, these songs are kind of coming back in and people are picking them up and singing them and bringing oh, yeah. them back to life, which is really great to see. Yes. Um, because like a good book or a good movie, a good song should never die. That's or a right. Good, or a good podcast. You're here. You're here. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and of course, it doesn't have to with modern technology. You know, this is the thing. Things can stay alive and, uh, and become s- some meaning for the next generation. Um, yes. Because we may have heard it one way and it, and it represents our lifestyle in that time period. Well, it's going to speak to them and their lifestyle mm-hmm. at their time period. And so it's very interesting kind of if you get their perspective as they go, you know, what it actually means to them. Yeah. Um, I agree. Because 100%. if you look at the old Rat Pack, they were a bit naughty. Yes, they were. Yeah. <laughs> the little daredevils of their time. Oh, yeah. They were and big smokers and drinkers and runabouts. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which, of course, today they would be slandered with lawsuits and everything else. But, of course they know. would. That's right. Yeah. Um, but back then, you know, those things were got away with. And, um, but uh, is there any particular... Uh, I mean, you love Frank Sinatra, you love them all, but is, is there a particular artist that you just love singing his songs? Yes, uh, that would be Dean Martin. Mm-hmm. I really have uh, a great respect for that gentleman. I love most of his songs. and you know, I, I like Frank, uh, but Dean, I just found, was so melodic. Yes. His songs and, you know, just love and the fact that he'd mix in some Italian as well. Yeah. And uh, so he's my guy. And, and Bobby Darren as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Bobby Darren. Uh, do you know the history of Bobby Darren? He, no, I don't actually. Okay, he uh, he passed away at the age of thirty-six. Very young. Yeah, because he had a childhood disease that I can't quite remember what it was, but uh, he was on oxygen all the time. Like mm. if he was doing a show, he'd have to take a break from the song and come back and and use his oxygen mask. But I just love the way he sang and like Mac the Knife he did and yeah. Splish Splash and all those great songs. So. I'd have to say that it's, it's Dean Martin and, and Bobby Darren are my two absolute favorites. But you know what? It's so hard to choose because I love Nat King Cole too. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I, I don't know if you saw that wonderful video that Natalie Cole did with Nat King Cole in the background where they were singing duets. I did. It was so did. beautiful. And it's so sad that she's gone now. I know. Well, not, you, you know, know, I think she had uh, respiratory problems as well. I yes, heard that she, she might have passed away from IPF or something. So. Right. And you know, yeah. other others like Marlon Brando died from IPF. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry Lewis, this, yeah. uh, Evil Knievel, the stunt uh, fellow. Yeah. So many people. Yes. It's from back in that era, you know, because they smoked like chimneys and partied and drank yeah. hard. And even if they didn't smoke, they were around it. You know, I know yeah. people who've died from secondhand uh, smoke, for, you know, with cancer. You know, yes. never, never touched a cigarette in their life, but it's in the environment. And yeah. you, you think about, especially that era, you know, there was. They used to call it a fag in each hand, which yes, of course right, we yeah. don't anymore, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, a drink. And of course, especially Dean Martin. 
Oh yeah. I mean, he always played the kind of, you yeah, know, yeah. I'm intoxicated. Yeah. And, yeah. and it, that's how he kind of sang too, wasn't it? It was yeah. almost like a little lazy. Yeah. But, but the way he did it was, you know, again, like, you know, waking up in the morning and stretching, you know, yeah. it's the, yeah. Yeah, he'd be, and he'd be singing with a cigarette in his hand. Yes. Yeah, and, yes. and a martini in the other. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Totally to do faux pas today. But yeah. that's, and it was a nonchalance, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. And that he made it look so easy. But I think it's, uh, that's an art in itself, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That's what I strive for. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Frank Sinatra had a very different type of style and some wonderful songs yeah. and, and certainly some memorable ones. But um, I have to admit, it's sometimes his voice on certain songs has just not been quite there for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because, so, you know, sometimes it's either, it sounds a little strained. Um, Horse or something. Yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes kind of pushed out of his own element. It didn't feel as natural. Like with Dean, most certainly. Yeah. Everything he did felt that natural. And of course, you've got Sammy Davis Jr. too. Yeah, you know. I didn't, uh, touch on Sammy Davis Jr. at all. Uh, I don't know why. He was a great entertainer. But, um, but Frank sometimes is a little choppy, I, I find. Yes. But when I do his music, I try to smooth it out. Yeah. Or make it a little bit softer and, and more, uh, more harmonious. So I seem to have success with that. But again, it's, it's Dean that I go for. Like it, an evening in Roma, you know. Volare, all those great songs. Mm-hmm. And I try to cover a lot of those. I could probably do a whole hour-long show with just Dean's material. Right. Yeah. Are there any female singers from that time with the songs you love? Yeah, uh, Nina Simone, mm-hmm. Ella Fitzgerald. Yeah. Sure. Uh, you know, even going back a little earlier, uh, Billie Holiday. Yeah. Holiday. You know. um, Lena Horn. Lena Horn, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Patsy Cline, you know, yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Again, um, th- when you look at their lives, everybody thought they had everything, you know, the bee's knees, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you look at their life stories, every single one of them seemed to have struggles. Yeah, there's a lot of tragedy. A lot of tragedy. And, and again, I think it's um, in, when we're looking at today's celebritism, um, it, it is so easy to get pulled and stretched on the demands and where you went into something because of the art. Yeah. You know, and then it then becomes a manufacturing job mm-hmm. and um, and the expectations that are put on people. And I think that, you know, I mean, look at Judy Garland, you know, yeah. used to give her sleeping pills to sleep and then, you know, uppers to get her up in the morning yeah. and they just pushed her to the point of death. And sure. but yeah. had they appreciated the talent and nurtured it and looked after it, she would have been around a lot longer. Exactly. And uh, look at Marilyn Monroe. Yes. She She's yeah. a bit of a singer, but, you know, she just went through so much turmoil in her life and that ended tragically yeah yes and so you know all that fame always sounds so good you know the glimmer and the glamour but we don't know what goes on behind the scenes and and i think also that was very much reflected in their songs even if they were upbeat cheerful songs you could feel it in their voices couldn't you sure you could yeah you could you could detect something was was awry yeah exactly and then maybe that's also you know what people were drawn to um, because you could feel that, you know, lying inside of them. Um, I want to look at a few other Elvis, of course, you know, like, yeah. I mean, you know, Elvis <laughs> talk about tragic. Oh. Um, but he was another one that, you know, most certainly 
entertainer persona. I mean, this guy knew how to do it, you know, from his gyration to his charm to yeah. his laid backness. And then of course, you know, when especially those slower songs of his, oh, yeah. you know, then just, oh, they really got you. Yeah, yeah I do about uh, 70 Elvis songs in my repertoire when mm -hmm. I perform as Elvis. And I grew up with uh, Elvis and he was like my guy. Mm -hmm. So that's why I wanted to carry on the legacy of him as well. So I've got the, you know, the black and gold jumpsuit and uh, some of the moves, you know, not the moves, <laughs> of course. But, you can't do uh, that gyration. <laughs> not, not, not as well as Elvis, but, you know, but everybody, you know, 99% of the population in my mind uh, loves Elvis. Everybody grew up with him. Yes. Well, it was interesting because I was growing up in England at that time and we had Cliff Richard. Oh, yeah. And Cliff Richard and, and Elvis were kind of, you know, at the same time on different sides of the pond. And so yeah. I was a Cliff fan, obviously, being a Brit. And yeah. then I started seeing the Elvis uh, movies. Mm -hmm. And yeah. of course, he always made the movies look so easy, you know, yeah. The, yeah. and how everybody swooned all over him, etc. Is there any particular favorite Elvis song? Uh, yeah, I, one of the, my favorite songs is called The Wonder of You. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. No. Uh, Do you want to sing a few bars? Sure. Um, let me see here. If I just get it here to mine. When every uh, Why can't I think of it? I know it in my mind. But <laughs> you need the mic and the whole garb to go with Pretty it. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I like this. Uh, he does some great soft songs and he did mm -hmm. some great, like, Viva Las Vegas, I do. Or yes. Whatever I do that when the room just erupts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't be cruel. Stuck on you. Yes. Um, there's one that was, that was uh, kind of revitalized here a few years ago called "A Little Less Conversation." Yes, a little less conversation. Yes. A little more action, please. Yeah, I do yeah. that one as well. And, yes. You know, Blue suede shoes, yes. hound dog, all yeah. those great songs. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, he certainly he knew how to to sing to keep you still, but he also knew how to get you to move. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah, Definitely. that's where he was different from the others because the others were less about the, the, the dancing and more about yeah. just the listening. But with him, you couldn't keep still, could you? That's right. Okay, I just thought of the, I just thought of the words. For the, okay. Okay, okay. When no one else can understand me, when everything I do is wrong, you give me love and consolation, you give me hope to carry on. And you're always there to lend a hand in everything I do. That's the wonder, the wonder of you. I remember that song. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I love that song. Yeah, so And again, the beauty of those words, transcending. It doesn't yeah. matter what era, right? Those words are going to speak to you. That's right. It's so yeah. beautiful. Yeah. 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 Yes, he definitely had that kind. He had a little kind of reverberation doesn't it yes. a little vibe in there that was kind of kind of came after everything he said so it just yeah. kind of resonated with you which was really really cool i'm gonna right. put on a, a couple of other night king cole i mean obviously yeah you know it's just what can you say about that yeah. other than gone way too soon and we didn't yes. have enough music from him but and, and of course when he sang oh my god you know it was it was like his arms just stretched out and completely embraced yes. you. It wasn't it? Because he just had that exquisite voice. But is there yeah. a particular favorite you have of Nat's? Uh, I've got a couple, actually. One that I start out with my shows, uh, usually the second or third song, is Route 66. Because mm -hmm. it's jazzed up a little bit. And that gets yeah. everybody going right away. Right. 
So I do that one. And I'll, I'll also do uh, L-O-V-E. You know, love, love. Yes. Yeah. People love that one too. Yeah. And uh, Unforgettable, of course. Yes, Unforgettable. Yeah, That's the one he did with his daughter or she did with him. Yes. That was beautiful. Yes. So whenever I sing that song, people automatically get up and do a slow dance. Right. Perfect song for a slow dance. So. It's such a love, love song. Oh, it is. Yeah. It is. So yeah. I'm glad that I have the range that I can sing all these, uh, these entertainer songs. Mm-hmm. Mostly Elvis, because, you know, he was slight, it's a bit of a baritone, and I'm considered a baritone. So mm-hmm. I can up with my voice a little bit to do some higher songs as well. Yeah. It's a real joy, I'll tell you. It's, yes, it's, yes. It's, I mean, yeah. this is, and it's so wonderful to see, you know, the, these greats. Uh, I mean, I mean, look at Tony Bennett. He's still going, oh, for God's sake. What is he? He's 96 or something? Something like that. Yeah. And I he's still couple. singing. Yeah, I know he is. Uh, I do a couple of his songs. You know, I left my heart in San Francisco. Right. Uh, take my hand. I'm a stranger in paradise. But I, I only do, I only do a couple of Tonys. But, uh, you know, I've got a whole list of songs that I want and need to learn. And, right. And some are his. So. Uh, for now, I only do a couple of his, but he's he's still going. He's like the Energizer Bunny. Energizer Bunny. He is. He is. I mean, he he did a, an album with Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga of all people. from music, right? Yes. So, um, and years ago, Katie Lang as well. Yes. Oh my God! But Katie Lang. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw in the Olympics here. Um, I did. I saw him. Yes. Um, singing Hallelujah. Oh yes, I did. Oh, that was, that was, that was so memorable. That was just was. absolutely breathtaking. It just, everybody in that auditorium and around the world was just quiet and listening because exactly. she has such an yeah. exquisite but slightly haunting voice. Yes, yes. Uh, great song by Leonard Cohen. Did you know there's actually 29 verses in that song? Hallelujah. Really? Yeah. And uh, another group that does that so utterly beautifully is the Ponotonics, Ponotonics, a cappella group. Oh, very nice. And, uh, oh, my God, they do that justice. It's mm-hmm. absolutely exquisite. Yeah, it's a beautiful um, and, song. again, another song, another piece of music that, um, you know, yes, the words, but it's actually more, it's how the song just grows and, again, it envelops you, you know. Yes. Uh, and it's just, um, you know, one of those things that obviously done right. It's but sad. Katie Lang, I mean, we don't, I don't know where she is nowadays. It's just don't want uh, to see her go because she's such a great artist. Well, I know she lives in Vancouver and I don't really know what she's done as far as performing goes lately, but I don't think she's retired. No, well, I hope not. I hope we, you know, get to hear another album from her because she's also extremely unique. And um, what made you go this way as opposed to kind of going out there and singing maybe your own material or, you know, following that road as, um, as a different type of performer? Yeah, well, I chose this uh, genre of music because when I was growing up in Saskatoon, my mom would buy records mm-hmm. of uh, these performers. And so you just got to know it. And I just loved the music. Uh, and so as I, as I got older, I never forgot it. But I just, uh, once I decided I wanted to be a singer, I thought this would be perfect for me. Because mm-hmm. it's, from, it's from my age and I know a lot of the songs. So I just wanted to show my respect by learning this this type of music and, and going forward with it. And so how long have you been performing? Probably, well, I started out as a kid's entertainer back in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I went on to being Santa Claus because my uh, clown clients were asking me if I could do Santa. 
And I said, no, I don't do Santa. She says, well, it's so hard to find one. Mm -hmm. So I said, well, how difficult could it be to jump from one character to another or put on a red suit and go, ho, ho, ho. Does mm -hmm. <laughs> so, Santa so I, sing? Uh, yes, I've done songs or uh, shows as Santa. Where I um, and what does Santa sing? Christmas songs. Rudolph right. the Red-Nosed Reindeer, right. Winter Wonderland, mm -hmm. uh, Frosty the Snowman. Because uh, I've got, I put out a, a Christmas album as Bobby Backus. So any song that uh, is on that album or any Christmas song, Santa can sing because, well, he's the man, right? Right. Of so, course. <laughs> so I've had great success with Santa. My goodness. It's the best. December is the best time of year for my business. Mm -hmm. I turn away almost more business than I do. Wow. And all, all it is, is is mostly just how you engage with people in any aspect. Yes. You know, where you just, you're, Santa, of course, is a very trusting character. So you, you bring in the children. In a, in a warm embrace and in a very comfortable setting with, and you're giving them things like gifts and you're taking a photo with them. And I work the crowd and I shake hands with everybody. I make sure I stop and talk to every little one and ask them how they are, who they are, what they'd like for Christmas. So there's a real closeness to it. And then from Santa, I, well, I always loved Elvis as well. Yeah. So I, I took some lessons from this fellow as far as moves go and voice control. And once I finished that, I got myself this really swanky suit. And, <laughs> you know, I spent some good money on it because I wanted to look good. And from Elvis, I went to Bobby Backus. Which is, so it's just like a, a, a generational thing, so to speak. Right. And I bought myself a, a fantastic Bose sound system. It's good for about 300 people. And all the music that, music that I have with Elvis and Bobby Backus, I download from a karaoke site. Mm-hmm. And then I take it into a sound engineer, and mm -hmm. every song uh, perfectly toned, like from the bass, the treble, the yeah. uh, reverb, what have you. So when I play that on my Bose sound system, it sounds like I've got the, the Tommy Dorsey band behind me. All the like the whole orchestra behind oh, you. Indeed. And it's yes. so beautiful, and people just can't believe that. Mm -hmm. so that's a part of my success, is having that type of sound system, and also the quality of the music. Mm -hmm. And then when you present yourself where you're, you're dressed nicely and you engage people and you make them feel warm and welcome, it's a recipe for success. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is warm and welcome. Yeah. You know, there, there are a lot of singers that, you know, just get out and sing, yeah. but then there's the singer that sang, yes, that's right. you know, and it's, um, you brought people along the same journey. Yes. You know, you, you have them step into that world, whether they can sing or not, you've sparked a memory or a feeling or something they desire, and they're there with you. And yes. I think that's the difference between, you know, a true performer than those that can just get up and sing. Sure. Because you have sure. some people who are just detached, they're not welcoming. Yeah. But the longevity, I think, comes from most certainly is that you make them feel a part of it. Yeah, and it's called personality. Yes, right? and <laughs> not everyone that has it. <laughs> no, so, you know, I try to make people feel good about themselves when they watch one of my shows. And mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not condescending. I don't uh, pick on anybody. I do a little bit of uh, uh, humor and comedy with it, mm -hmm. and I try to make everybody feel special that is, is watching anybody. And, you know, I get try to get people to get up and dance. Or mm -hmm. There's an anniversary or a birthday. I make them feel special about that. Even the staff, I I give everybody a big, uh, you know. A, a big hello and a, I tell people you know this, this the staff in this place work very hard so whatever you do don't forget to tip your singer yes oh, server. <laughs> yeah. so you know once you can get the people to warm up and laugh a little bit yeah they're like butter in your hand I mean in, people in a want, want to be transcended to you know 
The reason we, why people go out and want to be entertained is they, they're just wanting to leave their lives behind for a moment. You know, whatever's yeah. going on in their life, they just want to be transported somewhere where they're made to feel good. Yeah. And then when yeah. they leave that warm feeling of feeling good, that song in their ears, they take it home. They and take that it beautiful home. energy then resonates everywhere around. That's right. Them, which they is really important. They take that home plus one of my CDs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. To keep, to keep that good vibration going. That's right. And that's the thing. Yeah. Um, and people can buy, buy your CDs from you on your site? Yes, they can. Um, well, they'd probably be better off to email me and I could uh, send them one. Okay. Yeah. And how do they do that? Well, they go to my uh, email address, which is alterego at shaw.ca. Alterego at shaw.ca. Yeah. Having listened to to your 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 CD, it really does. It just it's just happy, uplifting, smooth, you know, a kind of embracing, hip moving. It's got everything in there. You just put it on. You could be doing your housework and not even know you're doing your housework because you're singing along, you're dancing along, and you're just kind of. Um, really letting the music uh, you know come in so i highly recommend people do get the cd and of course you have a christmas um, album yes, as well I do. It's, uh, it's called 10 christmas favorites mm -hmm. and i've got uh, my my favorites on there there's only 10 and there's scads of christmas songs out there you can play but i put um winter wonderland rocking mm -hmm. around the christmas tree uh blue christmas of course by elvis and you know who chris Rhea is no, I don't. Okay, well, he's a, he's a performer from the UK. I thought you might uh, know him. No, I've been out of the UK for so long. <laughs> okay, but he does a beautiful song called Driving Home for Christmas. Right, and of course, we actually have that here on your posting yeah. and up here on SoundCloud for people to listen to. And, and Good. I posted your show posting up only, I think, yesterday, and people are already listening to your music. Oh, wow. um, nice. And of course, Nice and Easy is the one that's really getting the attention right oh, now. Yeah. Good, good, good. That's one of my favorites. You know, I keep saying that every song is my favorite, mm -hmm. but I've got so many favorites, I can't really pinpoint it. Right. I but, think it's a lot to do with the mood you're in at the time, isn't it? You know, you, mm -hmm. you have different songs for different feelings, for different situations. And there's certain songs you know that when you're feeling like that, that you know is going to pick you up. And then yeah. another song is for a different, you know, type of um, sure. frame of mind. Yeah. So, it's, uh, yeah. you know, I get people saying, what's your favorite? I said, well, which yeah. list? You know? yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah. Um, um, but there are yeah. obviously some, you know, more songs that kind of stay with you more that, you know, unconsciously you're just in your mind start bursting out into song, yeah. you know, because it's one that is your, your homie, so to speak. That's right. That's right. Do you have one of those? Uh, is it Dean? It's Dean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just love his uh, voice and his mannerisms so much mm -hmm. that I just, he's the guy. Yeah. 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 You would love to have met him, right? Oh boy. Would that have been a treat? Yes. Yeah, for sure. And apparently he was a very kind and gentle man as well. Yes. Yes. I definitely yeah. heard that, you know, this whole persona it. out there of being kind yeah. of drunk and suave, you know, totally yeah. different to who he really was. Yeah, and I heard he wasn't really that much of a drinker. Right, yes. So and it wasn't I, really cocktails in his hand, yeah, you know. It was yeah. just, again, a persona so, that they sold, you know, and probably yeah. to sell more drinks. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I want what Dean's having, you know. Of course. Yeah, so, we're yeah. Kidding, right? yeah. Yeah, we, we have to also remember how people were kind of marketed, 
or manufactured sure. as opposed to who they really were. And of course, those that really have the longevity of those that stay true to who they really were. And that's, you know, why Tony Bennett is probably still around. That's but right. um, we lost the others all way too soon. Yeah, yeah. Well, Frank Sinatra, he, he lived, uh, he just celebrated the, the 20th anniversary of his passing. Uh, right. So I think it was late 80s, but I know a lot of those guys went well before their time. Yeah. Yeah. A hard life. People don't realize that entertainment is a hard life. It can be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously you don't know, you know, you're only as good as your next gig mm -hmm. and uh, referral, you know, it doesn't matter how much marketing is done, but it, you know, yeah. the best, best form is obviously people recommending. Yeah. Referrals are the best. You know, and, I do, uh, most of my marketing, I get on the phone, uh, uh, word of mouth, mm -hmm. things like that. So yeah, you're, you're always under, you know, being self-employed, yes. as you know, there's always yes. a certain kind of pressure where, you know, where's your next meal coming from or where your next exactly. interview or your, or your next gig coming from. But it's, it's so rewarding uh, as well. I mean, obviously, when you went through through your illness and, you know, you had to wait for so long and then, of course, yeah. you're struggling to breathe mm -hmm. and this is your livelihood. I mean, how obviously you had to get stressed out and worried and that's oh, yeah. and that obviously doesn't help. No, you know, your health at that time. But, um, you know, what happens to people that are kind of waiting for this? Do you get subsidy? Do you get help? Do you get support? Well, that's a good point because there is a lot of uh, financial distress. Mm -hmm. uh, I did have a little bit of money in the bank, but, uh, you know, you go through that very quickly when yes. you're not able to work and nothing's coming in. So uh, through the generosity, my, my brother helped me out, uh, had a couple of uh, fundraisers that people put on for me. Uh, I was, I'm, I was on uh, CPP disability. Mm -hmm. so it's like a monthly allowance. So, you know, you get through it. But I'll tell you, it, financial difficulties are a huge, huge strain. Uh, let me give you an example here. Like if it was, I was lucky because I live in Vancouver and I'm only 20 minutes from Vancouver General Hospital. But if you live outside of Vancouver, let's say Prince George or Victoria or Kamloops or wherever, and you get called in for a transplant, you have to move here for three months, mm -hmm. find a place to stay along with your caregiver, and that's all on your dime. That comes yeah. out of your pocket. And that, so that could be tens of thousands of dollars. Yes. Because yes. meanwhile, you're still paying your mortgage or your rent or your bills back home. Yeah. So that's very difficult for people. Right. And, you know, really, why have we not got um, – you know, a donor's fund out there that's, you know, subsidized from people because uh, this is life or death. It is. And we yeah. can't deny somebody an organ because they can't afford to sustain themselves. Yeah. Oh, no, you can't have yeah. it because you don't have the three month support yeah. here in mm -hmm. Vancouver um, or wherever else anybody is in the world. And it's, um, yes, we can turn to friends and family so much. That's right. But, you know, why isn't there some government support on that? Because you've gone to the expense of actually doing a lung transplantation, which is already extraordinary. You would oh, yeah. think that the maintenance of you afterwards would be something that would be covered because it's important yeah. that you do recover. Otherwise it was a waste of, um, you know, waste of their investment. Yeah, that's right. You know, cause usually the, uh, the recovery rate, you're usually in the hospital for two weeks, average person, unless there's complications. So once you get uh, out of the hospital, you have to be in a place that's very close to, Vancouver General, because you're taking physiotherapy, mm -hmm. you're going into the clinic, we call it, uh, two to three times a week, because they watch you like a hawk, every move. And so you have to be here for an extra two and a half months. And like I said, that's all out of your own pocket. 
I no. don't understand why they actually don't have like a house where there is yeah. constant caregivers there living there and that yeah. people that are coming through are there for that time period and, and being supported by people who know what to expect and this is their mm -hmm. job. Mm -hmm. You know, that seems to make sense to me. How come that's not sure. a place? Well, uh, other diseases that are more popular, for lack of a better word, like a cancer or a kidney, they have houses. Yes. People can go and stay. But the pulmonary fibrosis is like, it's a very unknown disease. It affects people in their 50s, so they consider it to be an older person's disease. Mm. So there's not that much recognition for it, sadly. Now, I know they, uh, some doctors down at BGH tried to uh, get a home or a house where people could come and stay for uh, extended periods of time. But because of the price of real estate, you know, yeah, I know. it's out of the question. Yeah. So it's still uh, staying what it is. Now, I should add to that that Alberta, in Edmonton, where uh, it's uh, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba is where uh, you would go for a transplant. Saskatchewan, Alberta, anyway, would go to Edmonton and have their transplant. So it'd be the same. Anybody from Saskatoon would have to move to Edmonton for X amount of time. However, uh, this year or early next year, they are going to be opening up a house for IPF patients post-transplant. It's going to be like 12 suites for families and caregivers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, that recovery, you know, is you need that family support. You need that dynamic. So you need to know that the last thing you want to do is feel a burden on someone. Somebody's giving up their life for you for three months. Yeah. Then, the, as you said, the double expense because you still got your home or whatever back there. Yes. Um, you're wanting people to recover at ease. And you can't do that if you put them in a financial distress. And so it just seems to me it's counterproductive. You've given somebody their life back, but their recovery to get into standing back on their feet is so costly that it's just putting more of a strain on yeah, them. You can really exacerbate the problem. Yeah. And I know, I've known people that have gone through that. They've almost had to lose their house or sell their house. So, yeah. You know, yeah. No, it's um, something wrong in the system. Yes. You know, and, and again, what we see with funding today is that things that really should be funded when it you know, does come to, to life and investment in people, we see investments in other things and not in people. And that's really why society is struggling, because we do not invest in the people. Um, and of course, you've got other parts of the world. I mean, America, I wouldn't even want to think about this operation in America. Wow. No, it wouldn't be the same as here, that's for sure. Right. I mean, at least, you know, you're covered medically, but uh, over there, you know, would that even be covered? I mean, it's, I know this American gentleman had huge problems with it. So it's um, a another blessing that at least you were here and you're only 20 minutes away. So, yes, exactly. you know, for, you were a lucky one. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. So that's why I, uh, you know, my, I think anyone that has a transplant, they want to give afterwards yes you know, those that are less fortunate or, or or in need so that's been my mandate and my goal ever since i've had my transplant is to give back not only to the medical community but mm -hmm. also to those that are suffering from a disease or or just anybody so that's why i'm very vigilant with my the time that i spend well you know the bc lung association has been so good to me uh allowing me to talk to people like yourself and mm -hmm. interview people so i find that very rewarding and i do volunteer work with the BC transplant where I go, we go around twice a year to hospitals and thank mm -hmm. the emergency doctors, uh, ICU doctors. Uh, we call them transplant heroes. Mm -hmm. we go around and tell us a little bit of a story about ourselves and just thank them wholeheartedly for what they do because the, the care that I had was just 
but you can't put it into words how amazing it was. Right. And also very gratifying for them to actually see, you know, to hear your CD and know that, you know, your lungs are at full capacity that you can actually do this. And for anybody who is waiting, that kind of wondering about giving up, you're that hope that they're looking for. Well, if that's the case, I'm very happy. You know, as I tell people, never give up, never, never. However much the struggle is, is temporary. And, you know, this is where you do fall on your community. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, fundraisers are given, or if you belong yeah. to a church, that's where the humanity yeah. steps in, yeah. right? Come together. Come uh, together. Yeah, and that's what we have to do, is that, yes, we'd love to just put everything on government, but, it, you know, it's not going to happen. And this is where we have to step up for our own community and be supportive. Right. And, um, and, you know, what is it to even open up your home for three months for somebody and because I suppose the care that they were given is like the meals and making sure that you don't relapse and things like that. Right. Yes. And taking you down to the hospital. And right. It's a pretty, uh, it's pretty serious care. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you, you're not allowed to drive for about right. 10 years. You just can't drive. So you have to have a driver and somebody that can help you with your meals. And uh, like I said, I was pretty strong. So I was able to do a lot of things on my own, but I still had to have my sister here, uh, which was very enjoyable. It was really brought us uh, together. It's really brought yeah. my family and I closer together. This whole ordeal. Yes. You know, potentially, well, I wouldn't be here without my transplant, Sarah. Probably, yeah. I, I probably had about a year to live, maybe a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I always say I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be anywhere, basically. So. And and you know, one has to actually understand too with transplants somebody had to lose their life in order to give you life, yeah. and yeah. that you know gratitude in that. And the the other importance is of being a donor. Yes. Oh, it is so important because, uh, like I said, I wouldn't be here without somebody's uh, generous uh, donation, the individual donor and the family. Yes. Because uh, it's so important. And the reason that we keep having all these uh, records uh, broken every year with lung transplants, because there's another bittersweet story about the fentanyl crisis. in Yes, yes. A good part of these transplants that have happened are from deceased uh, drug users. Mm. I know it's so it's yeah it's, it's tragic yeah it, it is and, and I know for some people is they can't even think about you know the the body you know donating and we have yeah. to remember that this vessel this vehicle that we're in mm-hmm. uh, that our spirit is riding in this lifetime you know where our spirit goes on everything we are goes on and this vehicle is what uh, is what expires and so if you can recycle this vehicle for a want of a better word and give other people life, you know, then that is a gift that you've left behind no matter what else you've done in your life. That's right. I, uh, I go to certain events that BC transplant, uh, uh, hosts where I just go and I talk to people and try and have them register to be an organ donor. Yeah. Because in in British Columbia, 90% of the people want to be organ donors, Yes. but only 20% uh, register. So there's a big gap. Of, uh, so do you think it's just because people don't know how? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, they need to be educated. Plus yes. there's also a fear and there's a stigma of it, like you, you just spoke of a couple of minutes ago. Mm-hmm. So we try to encourage people that, uh, you know, especially I'll, I'll tell myself, look, I had a lung transplant three and a half years ago and I wouldn't be here without somebody donating. So that's, right. there's a light bulb that goes off in their, in their mind after that. So yes, I know the day that I did it, uh, I had something like 15 people register. It's just a matter of talking to people and then letting them know how, how important it is 
Yes, I mean, you, you don't need this vehicle anymore. You, no. you know, you've ascended. Um, and if this vehicle can prolong somebody else's life so they can finish their work here, you know, that's really what it's all about. And, um, and being that organ donor is very important. But I think um, if you actually have information on, on how people can uh, donate, uh, you know, sign up for that. Um, not donate. Well, you're still yeah. using it. That's okay. But you know, be right. a donor. Uh, if you have any of those links, let's um, let's put, add them to your page. Sure. Because uh, yeah, I know in BC, uh, you go to BC Transplant dot no BC Transplant dot BC dot org or or CA. But even if you just typed in BC Transplant, you could register. It only takes like a minute and a half, not even two minutes to register. Right. And actually, there's a little tag that you get on your driver's license, isn't it, as an yes. organ donor? Right. And, um, and of course, you know that you're with the Lung Association, which is the bc.lung.ca. Um, and you're there with support services as you are their ambassador, which is wonderful. Yes. You did interview me on, on asthma. Yes. Thank you very Thank much you. for that. My pleasure. It was a great interview. Thank you, you. Not, only do you, not only do you conduct a great interview, but you give a great interview. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. Yeah, Thank you. Sure. Um, I think the more people understand, you know, because mine is just simply asthma, but I was one of those that never outgrew it. You know, mm -hmm. I, I've had it for uh, 41 years of yeah. my life. No, no. Well, longer than no, that. No, 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 no. 61 years of my life. Yeah, yeah 61 yeah. years of my life. Um, and most people outgrow it, but I was one of those ones that didn't. And uh, it's, uh, I know, as, as I said in, in that interview, is I've had to learn what I can do and what I can't do mm -hmm. and respect my limitations yes. and not look upon them as oh, push yourself through your limits. I push myself as far as I know I can go. Yeah. Are you That's still right. in that situation today where you have to be careful how far you push yourself? No, I'm as solid as a rock. I go push myself harder all the time. Excellent. Yeah. So those lungs yeah. literally did give you a totally new lease of yeah, life. They, they certainly did, yeah. And uh, my, I've, got, I've got a rare blood uh, type, AB negative, which is mm -hmm. one of the rarest. Mm -hmm. So they found the perfect match for me. Right. Now, I don't right. know if it's uh, a man or a woman. They don't tell you. Right. Uh, I could have a, a woman's lungs in me because I'm not that big a, big a guy. But uh, I, I sent a card to the family thanking them and saying that I'd like to meet them someday. And what the BC Transplant does is they keep that in my file. And mm -hmm. if they, they don't tell the family, but if the family ever approaches and sees that that's available, they'd uh, perhaps meet if they like. I'd right. love to. I yeah. know there's, there's a beautiful thing of a guy meeting a young man who, ha who got this guy's son's heart. Yeah, so I think and, I saw that. Yes, yeah. and it's just like that knowing that there's a part of their child that is yeah. continuing well, on, you know, well, still giving that gift of life because really what we're here for is to give each other our gift of who yes. we are and what we're doing. Yeah. If we can keep that gift going, even after we've gone, um, it's, you know, it is really beautiful. So encourage people to be a donor. Yes, and, I do. Um, Please register everybody and uh, make sure you discuss it with your family as well. Yes because the, the family can have the last say at the last minute. Yes, and I actually do believe that I may be corrected on this, that you actually can here in British Columbia, when you renew your driver's license, you can uh, do the organ transfer um, yes, uh, donation thing through them and they give you a little sticker on your, on your license yeah. so mm -hmm. that they know immediately if they're in a case of an accident. That's right. So yeah, um, so, yeah no, it's not a, um, 
a dreary topic. It is a topic about life. You know, uh, people die. That's what life is all about. Um, it's what we do here while we're here. And some people, it's not their time to die. That's right. And this is why having the organ donation is that's giving you another chapter, but now also for you to speak to the importance of lung care to, um, to, um, um, the whole transport, uh, transplants and also to, you know, being a donor and how important it is. So it's well, become yeah. your chapter in life, which, um, thank you for doing. My pleasure. And I just want to add one more thing about uh, the young hockey player from the Humboldt Broncos. Mm -hmm. two, two weeks before that tragedy, he registered to be an organ donor. And through that, across Canada, 100,000 people registered to be an organ donor Yes, from, the, from that young fellow. Yeah. So and what a difference it can make. And today, oh. if you're listening here today, wherever you are listening, you don't need this vessel when you're gone. That's Your right. family doesn't need this vessel. It goes no. into the grounds and the worms eat it. That's so, right. you know, be productive. If you've got some good organs in there and it's eyes lungs tissues kidneys i mean the amount that they can yeah. do and yeah. i even know for burn victims skin, skin grafting as right, well. yeah. and so that, you oh, know wow. it's it's not morbid in any way you're giving someone else who's needing that hope of life yeah, like you know that that uh, that hope and that chance at life yeah. so you know it's very very important that um, put away aside any kind of trepidation and understand what you're doing yes. without that transplant without that donation you would not be here today that's right that's a good point wherever you are in the world ladies and gentlemen just register to be a, uh, an organ donor yeah you could save a lot of lives yes exactly as proof of that exactly mm -hmm. so my darling how do people get hold of you and you and your music and how do they book you for for an event i know you're here in vancouver bc but people can buy your cds from anywhere yes they can i think the best way to get a hold of me is through my email address as I mentioned, which is alterego at shaw.ca. Okay. That's A-L-T-E-R-E-G-O at shaw.ca. And your website? My website is Murdoch Productions, M-U-R-D-O-C-H productions.com. And I know you're big on Facebook, and that is? Uh, uh, just under Darcy Murdoch. Yeah. Excellent. Murdoch's with an H. And, you know, I highly recommend you get his uh, CDs. Um, it's a great gift to give to someone. Uh, you don't have to be of a certain age. It's well, nope. something that if you're young, get to know what all those beautiful or greats are. If yes. you are from our generation or even older, take back, you know, give them the memories of, right. of growing up. But it's just beautiful music just to play and listen to and sing along or groove along, dance along, fabulous oh, for you. weddings and events and things like yeah. that. Yeah. And so, great uh, gift as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And of course, if you're here in Vancouver, then uh, please, you know, book him for mm -hmm. an event. Thank you. And, uh, um, you know, I would imagine actually even a wedding would be really great. Have you? Yeah, I've, I've done weddings, cocktail parties, mm -hmm. uh, house parties. Uh, I, I should add that I've created a new uh, little show that I have. It's all 50s, 60s music. 50s, 60s music, yeah. yeah. Like saw cop music, Buddy Holly, mm -hmm. Chubby Checker, Fats Domino. So I, I've booked a fair amount of shows with that uh, genre. And people even, they'll have like costume contests. Where people yes. And that's where we are seeing the younger people get yeah. in. You know, you see a lot of people, young kids kind of doing that old 50s music because yeah. they've got the energy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so right. having the music to that, that's absolutely great. Yeah. So that's another way I can book myself out with and 
I do uh, most of the 99% of what I do is all private shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one and only public show I do once a month is at the uh, Sylvia Hotel. So I do, uh, as I said, seniors' homes, cocktail parties, weddings, corporate events, uh, uh, house parties, anniversaries, things mm-hmm. like that. So, Excellent. Yeah. Well, wonderful. Well, please get a CD. Um, please go to the Lung Association. I'm going to give you that link again mm-hmm. um, because you can see everything that is there. So it's the bc.lung.ca and that will take you to everything. Uh, you will actually see here on his posting, um, you know, meet our heroes. I made a, cha- I made a choice to stay positive. His article in there. Yes. And also on Facebook, you will actually see uh, it's uh, Darcy Murdoch one. You will actually see the interviews he's done actually with other people mm-hmm. um, for the lung association. And it's a really good, you know, educate education for his folks on, uh, we don't know when something's going to hit us. That's the point, do we? We don't know. You had no idea. No. Nope. You, ha- you know, where you got this from or how it hit you and it just did. And we don't know that. And it's not you walking around in fear that something's going to hit you one day. No. But I think the more we're just aware of those things out there and kind of taking care of ourselves, um, but also being appreciative of people that have been hit by this and the support that we can give them. Exactly. My words, exactly. Well, thank you, Darcy. It's been absolutely a delight. Sarah, thank you for putting the good word about uh, organ registration and what I do. And uh, hopefully if I can motivate anyone or even have somebody walk, walk away from this just feeling happy because I'm happy to be here. And I was, thank you so much for letting me share my story. My absolute pleasure. And we're going to close out with one of your songs, Nice and Easy. Oh. And, uh, and as we nice and easy go into you registering, Yes. Um, and uh, <laughs> and also going to buy a CD and just singing along oh. and just step into that beautiful musical vibration of life. Thank you, Darcy. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Until next time, folks. Bye for now. Bye. Let's take it nice and easy. It's gonna be so easy For us to fall in love Hey baby, what's your hurry? Relax and don't you worry We're gonna fall in love To say, but let's make all the stops along the way. The problem now, of course, is to simply hold your horses. To rush would be a crime. Cause nice and easy. He does it every time We're on the road to romance That's safe to say But 
But let's break all the stumps along the way The problem now, of course, is To simply hold your horses To rush would be a crime Cause nice and easy does it Nice and easy does it Nice and easy does it every time Let's do that one more time Nice and easy does it mm. Nice and easy does it Yeah Nice and easy does it every time For more wonderful shows like this, please go to selfdiscoveryradio.com, podcast and see our lineup. And if you wish to support us, we have a funded button. Please stay tuned for our next show.